You know how easy it is for us to blame somebody else when we have a problem? You know, something goes wrong and something kind of falls apart. And you know, listen, it's just your mind instantly goes into a, whose fault is this? It can't be yours. It's got to be somebody else's fault, right? And the problem with that is that if you actually go with the thought and find somebody else to blame for it, you've just bound yourself. Because if somebody else is responsible for it, you can't fix it. That's the problem for us. But something in our sin nature, and it's there for all of us, something in our sin nature wants to have, wants to have somebody else to blame for it. It feels like if we could just blame somebody for the problem, it would be so much easier to deal with. But you know what? That is just not true. And what happens when we do that is we become reactionary. We react to things. Rather than dealing with situations in our lives, we actually react, we react to them. And <clears throat> we just destroy ourselves by it. Um, <clears throat> Viktor Frankl uh, was a Jew who lost everything in the concentration camps. And he said this, he said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Right? So in, <clears throat> when somebody does something to me, there's a space between what happens to me and my response to it. And the choice I make there is that either going to make me grow it's either going to make me stronger or it's going to make me smaller and weaker. And really, we've got to, we've got to catch it and understand it, that, there, there, that that space is critical to us. You see, you can take everything from us, but you can't take our responses. You can't take the way we respond to things. See, the people that were in the concentration camps, they lost everything, absolutely everything, down to and including their dignity. And the people that survived were the people who somehow responded rightly and kept themselves in it. And you see, when bad things happen to you, you're either going to respond to them in a right way or in a wrong way. And when you respond in a wrong way, you're going to be in trouble. And you know what? The easiest response for us is blame somebody else. But it doesn't get you off the hook it just gets the hook into you. All right, let's bow for prayer. Father, would you bless us today as we look to your word? Would you help us, Lord? Uh, Lord, we're, <clears throat> we're all creatures with a sin nature. We're all people, Lord, that have, Lord, just, uh, Lord, the direction of our hearts is always to blame others and not take the responsibility ourselves. But Lord, would you help us? Would you help us today to take responsibility that we might be the believers you want us to be? And Lord, that we might have your power and your enablement to change our lives. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Um, no one is responsible for your responses except you. Nobody is responsible for your actions except you. Nobody. Really, we've got to grapple with that. Look in Genesis chapter 3 as we look at Adam and Eve. <clears throat> we know <clears throat> in the beginning of the chapter, they've, they've partaken of the fruit. Uh, and then the eyes of them both were opened. And verse 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? 
Hast thou eaten of the tree where I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is it that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Right? Now, what's Adam's response? Adam's response is, it was the woman. By the way, it's partially your fault, God, because you gave her to me. <coughs> right? But anyway, listen, whoever's fault it was, it wasn't Adam's fault. Right? You see that there? Uh, immediately, it was the woman. And the woman has been blamed for all kinds of things ever since then. All right? But listen, it's not just a man thing. It's a woman thing, too. Because we all do it. And as soon as it, passes, as soon as it comes to Eve, what does Eve say? Eve says, um, it was the serpent. And everybody's deflecting the blame. Now, the problem is, Adam can't fix Eve. Did you know that? Did you know, men, that you can't fix your wives? Wives, do you know that you can't fix your husbands? Some of you have been at it long enough to understand that and know that. That really doesn't work. You don't, you don't do a very good job. Uh, at changing them. Right? Somebody said that the three elements in a marriage are I'll, alter, him. Right? And um, you know what? The truth is, it doesn't happen. We don't change other people. Now, other people can change. They can decide to change, but you can't change them. And you see, and when you, you look at your situation, you look at your life and you say, well, if my husband, if my wife, if my kid, if my whoever would only do such and such, then I'd be okay. I'd do it. You've just put yourself in bondage. You put yourself in a prison and you turn the key yourself because you can't make them change. The only one you can change is you. The only, and when you let the responsibility rest on somebody else, the power goes to them as well. And the only one that can change the situation for you is you. God wants you to be responsible for your life. Listen, understand this as a believer, that nobody ever does anything in your life that God hasn't first uh, screened and decided, yeah, I want this to happen. That's hard, that is hard for us to, to take on board because some bad things happen. And people endure dreadful things. But nobody is allowed to do anything to you apart from God first vetting it and deciding this is good for you, I'm going to let it happen to you. You see, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things, he takes all things and he works them for good in your life. Nothing can happen to you apart from God letting it happen to you. So every situation that comes into your life, <clears throat> somebody may do you wrong, and you're not responsible for the wrong that they do to you. That's between them and God, effectively. But you are always responsible for your response to what they did. That's always your responsibility. And if you don't get a hold of that in your life and in your heart, what happens is you end up living, reacting to life. You end up being a victim. You end up thinking, nothing I can do about this. They did it to me. And I'm a victim. And now that we're going to live as victims, or we're going to live as overcomers, and our circumstances don't dictate whether we're victims or not. It's our attitude that dictates whether we're victims or not. You become a victim... Because you let yourself become a victim. You become a victim because it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's responsibility. They did it. They hadn't done that, then I'd be fine. And, it's, and you're not taking responsibility for your own life, and you end up uh, being in a prison. Remember Cain in Genesis 4, verse 7? Let me just read it for you. Uh, <clears throat> Cain is upset because uh, Abel's sacrifice has been accepted, and God has rejected Cain's sacrifice. And he's, he's angry about it. 
Um, and God says to him in Genesis 4, verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Now, let's think that through for a minute, right? <clears throat> Why is Cain upset? He's upset because Abel is the favorite. You know, you always give the best things to him. You always accept him. Anybody have an attitude like that? Have you ever an attitude like that? Where somebody else is always getting the blessing and not you, and he's upset, he's angry about it. What does God say to him? God says to him, look, Cain, sin's the problem. Deal with your sin. Deal with your own sin. Stop worrying about everybody else getting what they, uh, they're supposed to be getting and deal with your own sin. God says, Cain, deal with yourself. He doesn't, though. He ends up dealing with Abel. Right? He ends up getting so angry and so jealous and so upset that he kills Abel. You know what? He doesn't fix his situation. He makes it worse. If he had taken responsibility for it, he could have dealt with the sin and he could have been blessed too. But he wouldn't take responsibility and therefore <clears throat> he ends up making things worse. You always do when you don't take responsibility. You always make it worse. You've got to take responsibility for yourself and for your responses and look to you because the only one on this planet that I can change is me by the power of God. And the only one on this planet that you can change is you by the power of God. When you let somebody else have control in your life, you're in trouble because you can't change that. <clears throat> in Joshua chapter 1, turn there in Joshua chapter 1 with me. Um, <clears throat> Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Right? <clears throat> but notice what he said to him there. He says, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Now, here's a very interesting thing here. What God is doing is God is giving Israel the land of Canaan. He's giving them from the river Euphrates right down to the Mediterranean. Listen, he's given them uh, a whole pile of land, right? <clears throat> but he says this to them. He says, I've given it to you. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon shall be yours. I've given it to you, but you've got to actually take it. Now, taking it proved to be very easy. It really did. You know, when you think of Israel marching into the, uh, into the promised land and they, they, they march around Jericho for seven days and then they shout the, whole, the building falls down and, they, and they take the, the, the walls fall down and they take the city. I mean, was that hard or was that difficult? That was easy. That was easy for them to do. And every time they went to take the land, they found it easy because God was with them. They won all their battles in the land except Ai and there was a reason for that. But they were winners. They were going to be winners because God was behind them. And God said, I've given it to you. I will enable you to take it. But you're responsible for actually doing the business of taking it. The responsibility rested on Israel. Listen, God's given us great promises as believers. But they don't automatically happen. 
God gives us great promises. God promises to do great things in our lives. But he says, I want you to take them. I want you to receive them. Now, God empowers, God enables to receive them, but he wants us to actually receive them. He wants us to move forward in his power and take the land. And sometimes we don't. And you know what we do? We say, well, it's not fair. I didn't get a fair shake in this thing. Or, or it's somebody else's fault. Or, or the problem lies somewhere else. And we fail to understand, we fail to take on board, no, it's my responsibility. You know, listen, it's the power of God that enables any of us to be spiritual. Being spiritual is to have the Spirit of God in control in your life. But you know what? You're responsible for letting him. You know, it's not a case of some people get an easier shake than others. It's a case of you actually let the Spirit of God take control in your life. You let him have his way in your life. Uh, my mother, <clears throat> my mother. I, I remember my mother in a fury at one, uh, one day. And the neighbor had looked into her garden uh, that my father had dug and that she had dug. And her garden is just perfect. Every, every square inch. She's got one of those long back gardens behind a terrace house. Every square inch of her garden has something growing in it, right? And uh, she's constantly at it. It's her baby. She looks after it and takes care of it and really enjoys it. But the neighbor next door had looked into her garden and said effectively, Oh, listen, your garden is so easy to work. Now, his garden was a mess, had always been a mess, because he'd never taken a spade to it, right? But he was upset because her garden was nice and his wasn't, and she was furious. Because rightly, she was saying, I dug my garden, he didn't dig his, that's why his is a mess. But you know, there's that, that, there's that in us that we want to look at what somebody else is doing, and we want to say, well, they're getting it easy. It's easy for them. They've got this blessing. People are on their side. People want to help them. You know, and we look and we say... And you know what? You're killing yourself when you do that. You're destroying yourself when you do that. Because God says, I've got promises for you. I've got blessings for you. Now take them. It's like if you look at my mo- mother and her neighbor. If I'm, <clears throat> you know, what he's saying to, my, to, 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 to the neighbor is, look, you can have a garden like that. Just dig it and plant it. You know, nobody's been given more than you have. You just haven't taken it. Listen, take it. Just everywhere that the sole of your foot shall be yours, there's responsibility there. You know, it's not, you know, God favors some people and doesn't favor other people. God loves us all. God loves us all. When we give ourselves to him and let him have his way in our lives, he changes us. He does a work. But you know what? You've got to get involved. You've got to be involved. And it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just occur. It's not a case of somebody else gets an easier shake than you. It's a case God wants you to actually be involved in what he's doing. And when you let him, he will bless you. You know, you've not been shortchanged in the spiritual race. Let me trust you. If you will give yourself to God, God will take and God will do great things in your life. Uh, Look at Joshua in, uh, in Ai. Look at Joshua chapter 7, verse 10. This is really interesting. This one fascinates me, right? This is a prayer meeting getting broken up by God. God comes in and breaks up the prayer meeting, right? Now look at Joshua 7, verse 10. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. 
For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and assembled also and they have put it even among their own stuff. Now, the situation here is Ai. Israel has been sent to Ai to take Ai. Joshua said, listen, it's only you know, no big deal. Let's send up 3,000 men. They go up. They get routed. 36 men die. And they, they have to turn tail and run. And Joshua is rightfully terrified because what he's saying is, the whole land's going to hear about this. They're going to know we can't do it. And we're going to, we're, we're going to have everybody in the whole of this new land uh, on our tails trying, trying to kill us. And so he goes to prayer and he prostrates himself before God. And he's pleading with God to fix the situation. And God says, Joshua, get up and fix it yourself. The problem lies with Israel, Joshua, not with me. There's sin in the camp. Go deal with the sin. Joshua, you're responsible. Do you know that God makes us responsible? Do you know that our Christianity is not a passive thing? Our Christianity is not something, you know, well, listen, we just kind of, you know, we float through life as Christians and so on. God is nice to us and God is good to us and everything else. Listen, God's good to us. God blesses us. But it's not passive. He wants you to be responsible in it. And, and, and when you're supposed to be responsible for something, you can't ask God to do it for you. Here's Joshua. Joshua is saying, God, fix it. And God is saying, I can't fix it. It's your job to fix this, Joshua. Sometimes we get ourselves in a bind because we won't take responsibility for a situation. And what we've, what we've done is, <clears throat> we've gotten, God can't fix it because it's our responsibility. <clears throat> Somebody else definitely can't fix it, only we. And because we won't take responsibility, we're in a bind. Now listen, it seems like the hardest thing in the world for us to actually take responsibility for things and say, yeah, it's me. It's my fault. I'm the problem here. But you know what? It's not. That's the way to freedom. That's the way to come to the place where, listen, life actually works because you're taking responsibility for it. You see, if I've got a problem in my life and I take responsibility for it, then you know what? I can change it. I can fix it. Might not be easy to change it. Might be difficult. But you know, listen, with the power of God, I can change the thing in my life that's wrong. But if I won't take responsibility for it, I never get to the place where I'm going to change it. I never get to the place where I'm going to fix it. I never get to that place where I begin, can begin to move ahead in the situation. You see, God makes us in his image. We've got free will. We've got choice. We've got the ability to do things. Listen, <clears throat> you know what? Tomorrow morning, God's not going to have your devotions for you. He can't, can he? Because he wants you to come to him and have devotions. Now, it's not a labor that you have to do, but you've got to do it. You've got to actually get your Bible out and open it and read it. You've got to decide you're going to spend time in prayer. You see, God won't do those things for you. God wants you to do those things. You've got to take responsibility and decide, I'm going to do it. And, you know, when you start taking responsibility, you start actually, you know, the self-help people will talk about empowering yourself. Right? Now, listen, it's not a bad thing in this sense. When you start empowering yourself in that sense, what you're doing is saying, look, it's my responsibility, therefore I can do something about it. Lord, what should I do about it? Help me. And you begin to change things in your life. You begin to, to fix things in your life. Every day and in every moment, we can choose to be proactive or reactive. You wake up to sunshine or clouds. You wake up a sunny day, oh, I feel good. I think I can do a lot of things today, and you wouldn't do things today. You wake up the next day, oh, it's cloudy, it's rainy, I think I'll just stay in bed. And you're reacting to the situation around you. 
Right? You're not actually being proactive. You're not deciding, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. You're just reacting to the situation around you. Reactive people make decisions based on impulses. You know, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I'm not going to do it. And some of you have gotten your lives in a pickle because you just live by impulse. You know, whatever comes your way, you, you, you just do it. You're like a fish in the water. You know, you're watching, you, you know, whenever the, the bait comes your way, you're grabbing the bait. But you're not actually deciding what you're going to do with your life. You see, you're different than the animal kingdom. You're totally different than the animal kingdom. You know, we have Cleo. Cleo's a uh, great dog and all the rest of it. But Cleo just operates sheerly, completely, 100% on impulse. You know, Cleo will do something daft. And, um, you know, she'll, she'll go out the bin and mess up the bin or something. And we get real upset with Cleo. But Cleo's just doing what Cleo does. That, that, that's what Cleo does. You know, it's not like I can sit Cleo down and say, no, listen, you're going to memorize these verses, Cleo, and you're never going to rip up the bin again. If I could, I would. <clears throat> but, you know, Cleo was hungry. She smells food in the bin. Let's go for it. <clears throat> and, and, you know, she doesn't have the ability to think it through. And, decide, you know, that's not good. If they get upset with me, I get thrown out of the house. I get, you know, she doesn't have the ability to, to, to connect up the dots. You do. God made you with the ability to connect up the dots, and he wants you to take and be proactive. Make decisions. Make decisions based on values. Think before you act. Think before you respond. You're responsible. You're going to be responsible for the consequences. You're going to be responsible. Those things are just going to come in upon you, and you're going to be responsible for them. You can't think on impulse. Listen, one of the areas that very often, you know, we go on impulse is money, isn't it? I'll just spend it. I have cash in my pocket. I'll spend Well, there's the ESB bill, and there's the rent, and there's all those things. But I'm not going to think about those right now because I really want it. You know, and we act on impulse, and then we end up finding that the responsibility hits us eventually anyway. We're supposed to act responsibly. We're supposed to uh, understand we can't control everything, but we can control how we react. I can control what I do. I can control how I react to situations. Uh, You can usually see the difference between reactive and proactive people in the language that they use. Uh, Reactive language uh, versus proactive language. Reactive people say, I'll try. Everything, I'll try. Uh, Whereas somebody who's proactive is like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. uh, reactive people will say, that's just the way I am. Do you ever say that? Listen, forget the way you are. You're a new creature. Everyone that is in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why are you giving the way you used to be power in your life? You don't have to stay like that. You can change. <clears throat> Proactive people say, I can change myself. Now, I'm not talking about apart from the power of God. By the power of God, I can change myself. But understand this. There's power of God. The power of God is available to you to change yourself. But he doesn't come along and change you while you sleep. Have you noticed that? And you can pray, God, change me. God, change me. God, change me. And God will say to you, look, stop praying about it. I want you to do this, and I will enable you. You see, God God will help you in the situation. God will empower you in the situation. But he wants you to do it. Um, reactive people say, I can't do anything. Uh, proactive people say, listen, what can I do with the situation? Right? Um, reactive people say, I should do that. Proactive people say, say I want to do that. Um, reactive people say, I can't. Um, proactive people say, there must be a solution. Reactive people say, you ruined my day. 
Listen, don't ever say that. There's not a person on this planet that can ruin your day. Except you. You're the only one that can ruin your day. Nobody else can ruin your day. Listen, people can do bad things to you. People can upset you. They can make you angry. But they can't make, they can't ruin your day. You've got to understand, the only person that has the power to ruin your day is you. You know, what people have done to you is not the problem. How you respond to what somebody else has done to you is the problem. And the response always rests with you. You can't let them have control. Do you realize that you can, you're letting somebody else have control? Say you're bitter against somebody. Well, they did such and such wrong to me. Oh, that's just so bad. And, you know, when you're bitter, you tend to talk about it, don't you? You tend to want people to hear you, hear how badly treated you've been. You know, because you're, you're bitter. Now, here's the problem. The problem with being bitter is you are allowing somebody else not only to do what they did to you, but to control how you feel today. That really is nonsense. That's not helpful to you as far as life. <clears throat> you see, reactive language takes away our power and it gives it to someone or something else. Proactive language helps us to regain control and frees us to do what we want. The reactive person suffers from victimitis. They are easily offended, complain often, blame others, are short to anger, say things they later regret, wait for things to happen and change only when there is no other option. Proactive people are not easily offended, take responsibility for their actions and think before they act. When they fail, they try again. They are not afraid to be wrong and to learn from their errors. They will always find a way for things to work. Being proactive means thinking in I can terms. If you're creative and persistent, you'll be surprised at what you can achieve. Remember, it's your choice to say, I can. By the way, there are some principles that we learn from the scriptures, and whether you're saved or not, if you apply them, they work. This is one of them. Every self-help book you read out there will tell you to take responsibility for your own life. And, 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 and it's right. It's the only way for you to live. You can't allow other people to be, be responsible because then they are in charge of you. You're always responsible when it comes to the bottom line, when it comes to the, uh, you know, to the real level of response. You're always responsible. You can choose how you respond. All right, so let's apply it. <clears throat> what about marriage? Right? The closest relationship in our lives, the one that can bring us the most joy and the one that can bring us the most pain too. So what are you going to do as far as your marriage is concerned? Well, if only your spouse would change, everything would be fine, wouldn't it? You could be happy if your spouse would change. Sorry, but you just put yourself in a prison and you, t- you lock the door yourself. Because you can't change your spouse. So you're going to be miserable until your, your spouse changes, and you could be miserable for a very long time. You could spend a lot of your life in misery because you can't change your spouse. What about, though, you decide, well, I want to be the best kind of husband I can be or I want to be the best wife that I can be. Do you think that might help? You? Definitely. That's going to change it for you. Now, listen, there's a possibility that they could change too, but that's not your goal. Because if that's your goal, you're, you're still kind of, you know, under their power. You've got to be Asking God to change you and make you the person you're supposed to be. Forget about God changing the other person. You change. You do right. 
you learn uh, to please God. And look, <clears throat> you know what the reality is? The reality is that even if your spouse never changes, blessings will start to flow in your life when you take responsibility for it. And you start to grow. Because if you get two people in a marriage and both of them are waiting for the other people to change, and typically that's what, ta- what happens. You know, both, both sides of the marriage are waiting on the other person to change, and when they change, then I can be happy. What you've got is they've got themselves, both of them have got themselves in a place where they can't grow, they can't move. They're stuck. But when one person says, no, listen, I'm going to be all that God would have me to be anyway, and they begin to grow. Listen, their life changes. Now, the other person still has the choice. They can change or not change as they want to, but their life begins to change because they're taking responsibility for their own lives. Listen, in your marriage, you need to take responsibility for you. You know, it's very easy for us to blame uh, somebody else in the marriage relationship. If they were only what they should be, then I would be what I should be. But guess what? The other person's saying that too, aren't they? You've got to take responsibility for you. Somebody's got to break the deadlock, and it needs to be you, and you begin to change. Now, what about your children? Um, You know, we look at our children. Our children are this, and our children are that, and our children are the other. Now, in all honesty, folks, our children end up bearing our characteristics. I never faced a problem with my kids that I didn't have in me to start off with. When it comes to your children, what they do is they tend to mirror you in so many ways. You know what? Problems with our kids are a call to change. Not the children, but us. You know, all of you have heard the story <clears throat> uh, of, of, of the parent who, who told the child, now, listen, <clears throat> never, I, I never want to catch you smoking while they were smoking a cigarette. Now, that's absolutely futile. Because children learn what they see. Not what you tell them. You know, <clears throat> you, you, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Now, they see what you do, and they're going to do it. They pick up your character flaws. What they are is little mirrors of us. Right? They're just not as clever at hiding it as we are. That's the, that's the problem. So listen, when you, when you face it in your, in, in your child, it's a call to you to change. You know, <clears throat> if you read the, <clears throat> the books on, uh, on raising children, they'll point out to you again and again. You'll not get your child to change until you change. You'll not get your child to change until you take responsibility for it. You'll not get your child to deal with the situation until you begin to deal with you. Now, that's hard. And you say, you mean to say it's my fault? It's all my fault? Well, yeah. Although if you're a dad here today, God fairly makes it your fault. You say, but that's not fair. Well, well, don't argue with me about that. That's God. God said that. You need to recognize that God holds you accountable. God holds you responsible for your children. And, you know, listen, the only way for you to see them change is for you to change. You see, every difficulty in your life is an opportunity for you to change. That's really what it, what it comes at. You see, we don't change because of knowledge. You know, so, oh, okay, that's, I, need, I need to change that. We don't tend to change because of knowledge. You know why we change? We change because there's pressure on us. We have to change. And when it comes to our children, they put pressure on us. And God wants us to change. God wants us to let those <clears throat> let our children change us. What about your finances? You know, I realize you know there's a downturn in the economy and everything is going wrong and so on. Do you think that God knows 
what you've got coming in at the moment? Well, of course he does. Do you think God wants you, wants you to manage on what you've got coming in at the moment? Yes, of course he does. God wants you to deal with your finances and to manage on what you've got right now. Now, you know, listen, we live in a very fluid society and, you know, it's very easy for us not to live on what we're, what we're actually making for a certain amount of time. But after a time, you kind of get forced to. You, know, you kind of get forced to the, to the place where you have to live on what you're making. But, you know, you can complain about the situ- financial situation. You can complain about the boss. You can complain about the government. You can complain about uh, how your wife spends the money and everything else. But you know what? The reality is it's not until you say, this is my responsibility. I'm going to work it out by God's grace that things begin to change. And you must change things. You can't just let things go. You've got to change things. You know, <clears throat> we can blame our upbringing. Right, well, you know, that's the kind of a home I was raised in. You know, there's a reality. You know, you're raised in a certain kind of a home. Your life expectation uh, is based on that. There's a reality to that. But you know what? <clears throat> there's only a certain amount of time in your life that you can actually harp back to what happened 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years ago and say, well, it's, it's the fault of my parents. You've got to come to the place where you say, now, hang on a minute. I have to do right. I can do right and I can be changed. Do you realize that <clears throat> Joseph was raised in a terrible home? Joseph is really a prince among men. He's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. We find nothing bad about him in the scripture. Joseph was raised in a dreadful home. His brothers hated him. His dad favored him. There were all kinds of problems in uh, in Jacob's household, and Joseph was part of that household. But Joseph turned out well. Everything, every reason not to, and yet he turned out well. Well, here is Solomon was raised by a godly father who had the blessing of God. And Solomon had the blessing of God speaking to him three times. And he still turned out bad. You know, it's not about your upbringing. Your life is not dictated by the home you were brought in, but by the choices that you make. Do you you realize that, listen, you can't look at the past and say, well, that's all I can expect for my life. Today is a new day. The Lord's mercies are new every morning. You can look at your life and you can look at your past and you can put your past in the past and you can begin to move on from today, but you've got to take responsibility for where you're at. It's not somebody else's fault. It's not somebody else's responsibility. The mantle falls squarely on your shoulders for your life and on my shoulders for my life, and we've got to take it and we've got to say, okay, well, I'm going to be what I should be doesn't matter what everybody else is going to do. I'm going to be what I should be. I'm going to do what I should do. I'm going to take responsibility for it. You can't blame your life circumstances. Uh, The hurts that have made you bitter. Listen, we could take and go through this room and and talk about our hurts and the things that have made us bitter. And listen, all of you have a story. Everybody in this room, nobody's nobody's had a clean walk. Nobody's had a walk, you know, nothing bad has ever happened in my life to, to make me bitter. Everybody in this room has, has a reason to get bitter. Everybody in this room could have taken that reason and played on it. Some did, and you're living in it. Some chose differently, and their lives are different because of it. You can't look at your circumstances and justify where you're at in terms of th- things being wrong in your life. What you've got to do is you've got to look at your life and say, no, hold on a minute, I can be what God wants me to be. And you see, here's the thing. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came 
to help sinners. And he's magnificent at helping sinners. Lost sinners and saved sinners are like, he's magnificent at helping them. But you know what? He kind of hit a brick wall with righteous people, didn't he? He couldn't do anything for them. He couldn't do anything with the people who didn't have a problem. And he can't do anything for you when your problem is somebody else. He wants to fix your problem that you have. Do you understand that, listen, that's why he let the other problems into your life? So that he could get to the root of your problems and deal with you. So that he could get to the heart of where you're at and fix you. That's why he took and he let those problems into your life. And you can either say, well, listen, I can't fix it and it's, <clears throat> and it's their problem. I'm just stuck. And you can be a victim all your life. Or you can rise up and be the man of God or woman of God that you were meant to be. And you can say, by God's grace, I will not live another day letting somebody else be responsible for my wrong responses. From today, by God's grace, I will begin to change. And do you know what? That will be a waterloo in your life. That will be a turning point in your life. That will be a change in your life. Because you take responsibility for it and you stop blaming other people. See, it's so easy for us to blame other people and let ourselves be victims. And let ourselves get beaten down. Let ourselves come to the place, you know, where life doesn't work and it's somebody else's fault. But when once we decide, no, by God's grace, I am going to, in his power, Begin to change me. You know what? We get God's ear, we get God's attention, and things begin to change. Get out of the box. Get out of the prison you've put yourself in. And come to the place where you take responsibility and let God make you the person he wants you to be. You know, it won't do any good for us when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and he asks us about our lives for us to say, well, you know what, you know, <clears throat> there was such and such a person did such and such a thing to me, and you know, I, just, I just couldn't get over that. It just hurt too much, and I was just... That won't do any good. Jesus will say, but what about you? I wanted to use you. How come you got focused? How come you got stuck on blaming somebody else? And not until you take responsibility... Can God begin to change it? That's about for prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for dealing in hearts and lives today. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd work with us, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, God is dealing with you. God is speaking to you this morning. God is saying this message is for you. He's pointing out in your life an area that you need to take responsibility for. And this morning you would say, I recognize it, Lord. I see, I need to take responsibility in this area of my life. I need to take responsibility for this problem. I need to look at myself and say, it's my fault, Lord. My response is wrong. Something about me is wrong. Lord, it's my fault. Or the only way I can change it is if I take responsibility for it, and you're taking responsibility for it this morning. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Amen. Are there others? we're going to do, <clears throat> piano's going to play. We're all going to stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And as God is dealing in your heart, I want you to step out and do business with him. Now, don't just step out and go through the motions. 
Step out and come and do business with him and say, Lord, I'm taking responsibility for it. Lord, it's my fault. I want to change. Lord, by your power, I am going to change. Let's all stand quietly to our feet with the piano playing softly. And as God is dealing with you, you just step out of your seat and you come and do business with him. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for working hearts. And now, Lord, we do pray now for each one. Lord, may they not let the ground that they've taken this morning be taken away from us. Lord, would you face them with the reality? And Lord, would you give them early victory, Lord, so that they would know your hand and your power is in it. And Lord, may there be changes that they know and they can sense. And oh, Lord, for the rest of us, Lord, may we not be foolish enough to blame others for our problems. Lord, may we take them on board. May we take responsibility for them. And may we let you do the work in our lives that you want to do. And Lord, we thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.